Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? Ho, ho, ho. Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison Musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On Facebook, at In the 608. And what's that web address, Asher? The website is inthe608.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Asher as well. I just learned the website. (laughs) Evidently, we don't say that enough. I'm Ben Anton, broker associate, general contractor, landlord, and uh, and longtime realtor with the Lauer Realty Group. And I'm Asher Messino, also a realtor with Lauer Realty Group going into my 10th year. Ben and I get to hang out once a month and do these podcasts together. Each episode, we bring in a guest to talk about real estate with us. We enjoy the top of the hour tip. We also recap the high and low sales in Dane County. We surround ourselves with people smarter than we are. One of the smarter than us people we have on each month is Phil Plord, president of Blimling and Associates, a division of Dairy.com. But this month, he's got some time off because it's the end of the year holiday Christmaca Christmas. Christmaquanzica. Christmaquanzica episode where we recap the high and low sales, not of the month, but of the year. We also talk about the biggest and the smallest houses to have sold in Dane County. And we don't normally go into condominiums, but we'll even talk about the lowest and highest price sale in the condominium segment. We also feature local music from musicians in the 608. This month, even some holiday music recorded years ago. Mariah some Carey? Of, some some of, some of this music was recorded <laughs> uh, when I was at 105.5 Triple M. And uh, Bob Westfall, in particular, is someone that I, uh, who, who you know, passed away. Um, I love his Christmas music, and we're going to hear some of that today. And we'll do that right after this. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years, we all will be together if the fates allow. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, and it's the end of the year recap episode. We're going to start with something we don't talk a lot about, and that's condominiums. Where do we see the lowest price condominium sale of the year, Asher? We have the lowest price at 82000 on Carling Drive on the west side of Madison. So Carling Drive, that's uh, Verona Road and the Beltline, kind of in the, in the Allied Drive neighborhood. Yep, it's a one-bedroom, one-bath, 600-square-feet apartment conversion. All right, so an apartment conversion, we're talking about a building probably built in the 1950s, 1960s. 1964. Originally intended simply to be, is that an eight-unit or a four? Ah, this one's an eight-unit. An eight-unit apartment building that at some point legally became a condominium, which allowed people to buy a part of it rather than all of it. Um what are some of the some of the drawbacks? I think there's got to be a few drawbacks if we're talking about the lowest price sale in Dane County. Right. So first of all, we see that the days on the market were 156. 156, and th- there may be some some hinting in that 
in that MLS listing as to the fact that the condominium is non-conforming. Do we know it? Can you tell me a little bit about what, what does non-conforming mean? Sure. So first of all, specifically, this one is non-conforming because the association allows rentals. Many condo associations only will allow a small percentage of rentals in their association so that it stays conforming to lenders. So when buyers want to take out a mortgage and they want a conforming loan, they want a conventional loan, they want an association that doesn't have a high percentage of rentals. An association that allows a high percentage of rentals is non-conforming to lenders and therefore a buyer most likely cannot get a conventional loan for it. So what we're talking about then is, I think, the rentals equal risk as it as the, the lenders. The lenders see a high uh, percentage of rentals uh, equaling a greater risk of foreclosure, and therefore you can't get a 30-year fixed mortgage. Right. And also something really important to think about is that if there are a lot of rentals, there are a lot of people with stake in the association that don't live there, which is important because maybe they don't have the best interest in mind of the people who own or occupy those units. I mean, for example, you could have one person that owns a significant portion of all of those condo units, and that person would have a lot of weight in making decisions for the association. And let's imagine that that one person might not be... Uh as financially stable or solvent as as one would wish, and, and when it comes time to take a vote on expensive repairs, um, the the weight they pull uh, might not be in reality in the best interest of the product, and that's where the bank is going to be concerned that that the product itself may suffer. Um, so sh- in house in house lender or an in house loan, where a bank would say, "I'll loan you the money," but you're not necessarily going to be able to get a low down payment which is exactly what someone who is buying a $82,000 condo might uh, might hope for or might need. Right. And this particular person paid cash, paid 82000 in cash for this. So that, that tells us. That tells us likely, it's an investor. That it's an investor buyer. So the, so the condominium that allows rentals probably has an additional rental uh, making that project even less attractive to a, a formal lender or one willing to offer a longer-term 30-year fixed mortgage with a low down payment. All right. What's at the opposite end of that spectrum? We talk a little bit, this is really the only time we've talked about condominium sales this year. What's the highest priced condominium in Madison or in Dane County? Yeah. In 2023. In Dane County, the highest was 1.675 on 100 Wisconsin Avenue, downtown, overlooking the Capitol penthouse. So we're on the 12th floor, I believe. 12th with floor. A, with a beautiful rooftop patio overlooking the, the Capitol Square. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great place to watch the protests years ago. Yeah. So this was actually listed in October of 2022. Got an accepted offer January 2023, and then closed in May 2023. All right. So that sat on the market a little bit at $1.7 million and then accepted an offer at $1.65. And that's 100 Wisconsin. That's on the north side of the Capitol as you, uh, if you walk away from the Capitol towards the Edgewater. And it says it has panoramic views of the Capitol, both of the lakes, Isthmus, Campus, a lot so, of stuff. <laughs> there it is. Those are some of – that is – that is – 
at 1.7 or 1.65, I'd hope it has views of just about everything. Uh, to give a little perspective, I saw a few sales in the in the marina. There was a couple really, really up there at about one million in the marina on on the ninth and eleventh floor, I believe. And those overlooked Lake those Monona. Those overlooked Lake Monona. But to give you an idea what the high price real estate on this square is costing, you might be over a million, or if you're on the top floor with views of both lakes. Even closer to 1.7. Let me ask you, did those marina condos have two parking spaces? One of them had three. Wow. That's, and that's unheard of. But that's, something that is you completely need, unheard Something of. you need to consider <laughs> when you're buying real estate in a, in a very dense urban area is where are you going to park your car? Most of these downtown condos, you only get one parking space. This 1.675, you get two. Yeah, and this and the there was a there was a one million on the ninth floor of the marina that that had a peculiar but very attractive three parking spots. Wow, I wonder if that was finagled at a later time from the original sale. I believe it was just someone with a little foresight because that condominium was oddly owned by someone uh, that I tangentially aware of their situation, and they bought those parking spots probably knowing that someday they'd have significant value. Wow, that's great. So good. Good job. Good job there. Um, so there we go. The spread on the lowest price sale and the highest price sale. <laughs> 82000 to $1.675. <laughs> we'll be back and we'll talk a little bit about what those numbers are in the single family market in a little bit. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608. It's our end of the year recap. We talk about the highs, the lows, the bigs, the smalls. We just covered the lowest and highest priced condominium. But before we get to the single family market, I wanted to talk about the longest time on market because everybody thinks that houses are selling in days. And while that may be the norm, it is not always the case. How many days did it take for the the longest days on market single-family home to sell, Asher? Well, we have a house in Middleton on Hillcrest Drive that was initially listed in May of 2022, and it ultimately sold in June of 2023. So that was 372 days on the market. I, You know, starting at 1.4 million, it's a, it's a pretty sizable house, or so more than 3,000 square feet, beautiful Beautiful setting. Nearly 10 acres. Nearly 10 acres. So you're buying a lot of land along with your house. Uh, A comment there that it was zoned for horses. And it was a custom Herb Fritz contemporary build. All right. So that means some pretty, pretty unique architecture. So architecturally stunning. But somebody certainly putting a premium on that after almost a year on market, how much of a discount did they get from their original 1.4 ask? It ended up selling for 1.2 and, you know, no competition, obviously. <laughs> After it's, you know, there was a couple $50,000 price reductions over the course of the year, but then I believe it was at, uh, at 1.3 by the time it got the final ask. Yep. It was at 1.3 when it got the accepted offer, but they offered 1.2. So... I think the the lesson or the takeaway here is when a seller asks me to let's start high and see what we can get. I, I there's no way for us to know if that's what this seller asked of their agent, but it would almost seem like that 
may have been the case. Let's well, let's put it up and see what we get. Right, exactly. And especially when you have a very special and architecturally unique property, it can be hard. I mean, like people who have, let's say these sellers have lived there for quite a while and they, you know, everyone thinks so highly of their own homes and maybe they thought it was worth a little bit more. You never know. It could. It can be easy to think you've got something very special, especially when when it is in some ways very special, but at the same time, it is, it is just a house and we can't ignore the market or what, you know, what the, what the comparative sales are telling us. Um, so in the year that they held it, they, they dropped their price. $200,000 is pretty much what they, I would argue as I often do when sellers suggest, uh, this strategy is the, had they listed at 1.2 out of the gate, there may very well have been a chance that that price, the tipping point, that that price would have inspired several buyers to attempt to buy their home, resulting in competition and a sales price greater than the ask versus $200,000 less. Right. Well, I mean, sitting on the market for over a year tells me these people maybe were not super motivated either. Most people need to move sooner than that. So... (laughs) I think I think if there's any takeaway from this one, it's it's that pricing can be very important, and getting that price right in the short term when you list can make you more money when you sell versus the let's put it up and see what happens uh, approach. Especially as after time passes, a lot of people are going to wonder. What's, What's wrong, wrong with, with that? <laughs> exactly. You know how many times we hear that? <laughs> we, we've, all, we've all done it. In a market where things are selling so quickly, everyone's going to think that something is wrong. And the only thing wrong here in a beautiful home on 10 acres in Middleton where you can have a pony, the only thing wrong <laughs> may have been the price. But that's the last. Is, is price the thing that people imagine being wrong? Because I don't think it is. I think people imagine that it's run down or that it needs repair or that it right. didn't pass inspection. No one says, oh, I think it's a beautiful home and it's great and I'd love it. I just think it's priced a little high. I don't think anyone really goes there. I mean, the price is always negotiable. Especially on day 372. <laughs> we'll be back with the lowest price single family and the highest price single family. And then we'll work on our way down to the biggest and the smallest right after some holiday music. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Happy holidays. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. We're back and it's time to talk about the lowest price sale in single family, all of Dane County in the year 2023. What's the address of that beautiful home, Asher? Our lowest price sale is on Jefferson Street in Stoughton. Now, in November, we talked about the lowest price of the month uh, also on Jefferson. Just happens to be the the neighboring home uh, to this one. This one was sold back in June and was our our monthly winner at that time. Uh, We talked about relatively derelict home. Owned by a corporation uh, in the backyard of a tire factory, and it was—it's not a tire factory. It was—it was bridge, it's Firestone or some rubber, 
a rubber manufacturer, but they make Naugahyde. We talked because you didn't, you didn't know what Naugahyde was, Asher. I still don't know what it is. It's pretend leather upholstery for your car. Oh, great. I'll remember this time. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the fictional character that it's like a, like a puppet, like, a, like a, the Naga. This is, this is news to you. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> All right. Well, any, for, for those of you who didn't hear the episode where Asher and I talked about <laughs> the fictional animal, the Naga, because its hide can be kept, can be like used without harming the animal. It's like the whole idea of like sustainability. That's great. I love that. Love Asher, <laughs> Asher loves sustainability. Uh, but anyway, so so it's a house in the backyard of a factory on Jefferson, thirty five thousand. It was trashed, and these people rode an offer sight unseen. It's not habitable, so they don't care. They're probably gonna bulldoze it. I don't think they'll bulldoze it. I think they'll fix it up and make it a rental. You really think so? Who's gonna Who's gonna build a brand new beautiful home in the backyard <laughs> of a factory? It's not habitable. It doesn't mention, there's nothing about this. <laughs> That's just because the utilities weren't on. Again, again. No, I mean, I'm would... looking at this picture. It looks like there's something growing on the roof. <laughs> That's added value. That's like a rooftop garden. You get a People. tree. <laughs> a rooftop garden. It's very sustainable. Very Back to the environmental sustainability, I love sustainability. angle. At $35,000, <laughs> lowest price sale in all of Dane County. And its neighboring home was the lowest price sale in November. If you can remember last month's episode when we talked about the highest price sale of the year. That was in Madison, Sherman Avenue, $3.8 million. On the water, 120 feet of frontage. 140 we, gorgeous feet of frontage, it I'm says. I'm sorry. She can't re- <laughs> they, they can't remember the, the Naga hide, but they can remember how many, how many feet well, of frontage. Well, those are important things. I don't remember things that aren't important. I think the fictional creature of the Naga is very <laughs> important. We, we, asked, we asked last month what the uh, Obama visited this house premium. And many other luminaries, it says. Luminaries. That's what it says. So how much how much does that add to a sales price? Well, it had competition which added on five hundred thousand. It could have been for Obama. That could that extra for <laughs> five hundred thousand extra dollars. <laughs> I wonder how much that house on Jefferson would have been worth <laughs> if Obama was there. Had Obama visited. Maybe forty grand. Might have gotten that one. It's a percentage. It's not a flat. It's not a flat number. The the former president premium, but or maybe he was probably the president at the time. Maybe right. Yeah. Had, well, had only he visited that derelict, uninhabitable home on Jefferson, we would have seen a lot higher sales price. There was a cut. There was a couple um, in looking at the the ten. Least expensive homes. I thought it was interesting because when I learned that two of those least expensive homes, uh, both the June and November, uh, were on the same street, it made me look toward the top 10. And of the top 10 lowest price sales in Dane County, four of them were neighbors. Or two, two, two were on Jefferson Street in Stoughton, and then another two were on Oak Street in Albion. Those blocks have really gone downhill. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> well, or 
or those areas represent real opportunity. Sure. Uh, if you've been paying attention or if you've been listening for a while, and it, it's been more than just this year, but there is a neighborhood of very small cottage-like homes just off Lake Koshkanong. Uh, what what might have been considered like a planned community with very small lots, very small homes, all that share some lakefront amenity, like a like down the street we all share some water frontage and pier, like a like a like a neighborhood park. Um, that neighborhood represented twenty five percent of the lowest price sales. If we go twenty, if we zero through twenty, um, four or five of them were in that same neighborhood off Lake Koshkanong. Very little houses, no basements, two bedrooms, somewhere between six and 800 square feet, all in a variety of conditions. But Albion, one of the most, of, with water access, I thought that was kind of curious. Like the least, ex- the very, very clearly one of the least expensive neighborhoods to get into is one that has small, Worker, affordable housing, but also lake access off Lake Koshkanong. Is it Koshkanong or Koshkanog? Lake Koshkanog? I think there's an N in there. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) Why don't you buy some of those little cottages, Ben? You can have a little lake house. That's too far away. Maybe less ticks. You, you, what you call your current <laughs> property is the tick pond. The tick pond is in Adams <laughs> County, and oddly enough, cost the forty acres of vacant land cost more than most of these houses in Albion. Do you have a house on that? I do not. Do you have a shed? Do you sleep in tents? There's a trailer. Nice. Uh, and there's a uh, two car garage that has been converted into a kind of. Shed living space. Is there a heater in it? There is a heater that will uh, that does not vent to the outside. So it's one of those heaters where you have to watch out for the carbon monoxide. But <laughs> oh, that's fun! But, but it'll but it'll keep you warm <laughs> if you start to feel a little woozy. <laughs> keep that window. Just crack a window. <laughs> anyway, back to the real news. <laughs> Lowest price sale thirty five thousand dollars, backing up to a factory in Stoughton. All the way up to 3.8 million, where you can stand, maybe even use the same bathroom as former President Barack Obama. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to have a little more Christmas music, and we'll be back with the smallest and largest homes to have sold in 2023. <laughs> Drops on roses and whiskers on kittens. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608. It's the end of the year recap. We will, uh, I think we're going to, I'm going to press pause on the biggest and the smallest because we also wanted to talk about some of our favorite episodes of the year. Kind of a, a look back. If you didn't listen, we'd love for you to rewind. I know that's not really a thing, but it's not. Oh. <laughs> boomer. <laughs> Probably still a thing for you. <laughs> Got an old cassette player up there, Ben? All right. One of the most downloaded episodes of the year was our time with Greta Drama in July, realtor, medium-time landlord, and owner of Geode Designs. 
That was a fun episode. Greta talked about not only uh, her recent purchase of a uh, tax lien foreclosure. That she still wasn't sure what was going to happen with. I think I, I, we could have her back next year and see if she did actually tear it oh, down. Oh, that'd be fun. And build a four unit. That might be something exciting, especially since she was so popular. Yeah. I well, think she was popular because she... She was like all Instagrammy, right? Like she's like Yeah, she's got her social media game down. Social media game check. Everyone listened in. <laughs> one of one of uh, I know your favorite episodes because we were able to entertain a few of your former clients and were- friends. Yes, we had two people from the City of Madison Inspection Division. Um, we had Shannon Davis who came and talked to us about making an attic habitable, and we also had Katie Mooney who came and talked to us about how to properly finish a basement. Both Katie and Shannon had presented at uh, at some. Uh, continuing education that is required for my general contractor dwelling contractor license but I learned of their of their craft first there and then we had them on the program and uh, and learned a little bit about what the experience might be for a homeowner if they wanted to tackle something like an attic remodel or a basement remodel adding adding significant and as we discussed very efficiently adding square footage to one's home right I also really enjoyed the episode with Merle Domer of Soul Restoration, where she talks about how to restore old original windows. Merle was uh, was interested in some of the spo- the, uh, the the tiny house that uh, that uh, my fiance and I bought. Uh, we did all new windows, new vinyl replacement windows. Yours weren't worth it. They were not worth it, but <laughs> um, they were they were kept for parts. And Merle came over and was able to collect not only the pulleys, but the weights and a lot of the, uh, not only the, the, I won't say, I'll say period, period glass to use in some of her projects. So while I did dispose or while I did get rid of the windows and put all new ones in that tiny home, uh, many of the parts and pieces will be put to use in other homes that were more deserving of her craft. Yeah, and if you have special old windows that you think should be restored and reused rather than just trashed, contact her. Yeah. Or if you're going to trash your windows, contact her too, because she can use that. <laughs> she might be able to use those parts for someone else's better house. Sustainability, Ben. Uh, Asher, again, is all about environmental uh, concern <laughs> and sustainability. I am. We are glad to have you here <laughs> and making us better people as you as we talk. Um, Lindsay Haggins was another one. That, that was a great episode. That I remember. It came in with, with, our other, with another one of our Lauer Realty Group agents. Alejandra Torres, she did not contribute much, but she did drink wine and watch us. Yeah, Alejandra may have, may, <laughs> she kept th- she kept things moving with, with her, with the wine. Um, our first, our first guest to imbibe uh, while, while recording. Yeah, we usually keep it pretty sober here, but Alejandra changed that for us. <laughs> Lindsay, if you recall, uh, was a little bit of a, was not a little bit, was like a, me- a, a real developer. She's not um, a little bit. Wow. Way to downplay, Ben. I, I downplay my own She's stuff. a real-time developer. Uh, small building na- whole neighborhoods. Whole neighborhoods and, uh, and a pleasant mix of, of multi-unit homes that she uh, retains and manages, as well as single-family homes that are then sold uh, to uh, owner-occupants. Yeah, she builds some. She also sells the land to some people who bring their own contractors. 
Uh, so we so we learned a little bit about how to how to build a neighborhood and some of the challenges that a developer might face in dealing with the city. And uh, I think one of the takeaways was um, might be easier in places other than Madison. Yeah, it sounds like Madison has a lot of holdups, and really, you're only given what that two year period from when you apply for a lot of this to breaking ground, I believe. And oh. if you can't do it within two years. Even if a world pandemic hits, <laughs> then you're out of luck. So it's been it's been an interesting couple of two years, and uh, and the pandemic likely played a role. Uh, one of the things I think that that caused one of those hurdles, or one of the hurdles they had to cross, was the uh, stormwater stormwater retention or or a stormwater plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you develop an entire neighborhood, you need to be able to say when the rain falls, here is where it will go. Mm-hmm. And that can, uh, and I believe the rules. There was a rule change somewhere in the middle there that that added even even another uh, a delay in her project that is now done. So it's so they're they're all good now. Uh, but we learned a little bit about uh, what it means to, de- to develop a neighborhood and, and what and what it you know even a little bit of the heart and intention that went into the original design. Mm-hmm. All right, that was our our. We just talked about five or six of the episodes of our of our eleven. All of them were great episodes. Those All are of just them a couple great highlights. Episodes, couple highlights. Um, Asher was reminded of our web address earlier today. Yes, thank you, Ben. What was that web address again? In the six hundred eight dot com, and I didn't even look over at my computer to say that. I think I remembered it. <laughs> Asher remembers it. Uh, I would like to point out. And uh, Asher, may, they may not know, uh, it is searchable. You can you can log log on to the World Wide the, Web to the World Wide Web, <laughs> and you can and head have o- we ever logged off? <laughs> we can, we can head over to in the six hundred eight dot com, and if you have a uh, a topic that you would like to learn about plumbing, electrical, flooring, um, or a person or a name that you've heard us talk about today, you may enter it into the search bar. And uh, and it'll tell you it'll take you to uh, the appropriate episodes uh, uh, that that meet your interests. It's and that that is courtesy of uh, of co-host and uh, editing genius Adam Elliott, who also fancies himself a user experience architect. He's amazing. He is amazing, and we're and we're glad to have him. We're fun, but the people don't aren't going to learn how fun we are without his his magic. <laughs> And here is his magic, weaving in some more holiday music favorites from music artists from right here in the 608. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Asher just asked me an excellent question. They said... Have you ever had anybody on to talk about insurance? How would, and I, I replied yes, but, <laughs> but how, how Asher, if someone was interested in learning about uh, insurance or talking to one of one of what has become one of my preferred providers, how how would they connect with that episode? Such a great question, Ben. We have a website. You can go to. In the 608.com and search our episodes. What would you just type in insurance? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love your confidence and your optimism. 
We've talked about the lowest and highest priced condominium. We talked about the house that took the longest to sell in 2023. We also talked about the lowest price and the highest price sales. That leaves me with one question. It's something we've done in years previous. I would like to know about the smallest house and the biggest house. Well, here we go, Ben. Buckle up. The smallest house in Dane County this year that sold was 484 square feet, one bedroom, one bath on Superior Street in Madison for 177. I am I'm always surprised cuz you would think one would think that the smallest house might be the cheapest house. Yeah. You'd think. One would think that. <laughs> but it's not. The smallest house. <laughs> and, and, and we took, you know, well, location, location, location. Yeah. You, I, I mean, I, I struggle well, to say location, location, location. Can everyone stop saying that, by the way? Can people stop saying that in all real estate write-offs? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Because this one is like next to the railroad tracks. It makes you sound like you're like... An auctioneer. <laughs> isn't 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 it though the most important one of the it is kind of the most important thing. It is, but consumers already know that. We don't need to tell them. They know. Well, they're going Describe to Describe be- the location. Tell me why it's a great location. Don't just say location three times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Asher's going to be offering a, a a tutorial on how to best write your MLS remarks and clearly there will be no suggestion that you write location, location, location. Never do that. Anyways, this is a pretty good location. It does back up to some railroad tracks. But if you are a buyer in the under $200,000 range, this is a fantastic opportunity. I think that you have to think about not only the the micro, the, I, I might be using these words because I was not good in economics, but the micro location, meh, like you are literally next to the, Train tracks, right? Sure, but you are accessible to but, so much. But on a slightly larger scale, you are a bike ride from a bike ride or even a walk from some neighborhoods and amenities that are developing and becoming kind of less kind of hip. Like you could walk. You talked about the time you stood outside in the cold to go to Lola's. Yeah, I went to. I tried to go to Lola's. Can you can you can you walk there from here? <laughs> oh yeah, you can walk there in like six minutes. So and this is like your own house. It doesn't matter that it's four hundred and eighty four square feet and backs up to some railroad tracks. You get your own place. You get a driveway with off street parking. I think what's what's also interesting is that this one hundred and eighty thousand dollar four hundred and eighty two square foot home is like. A quarter mile from the three point eight million. It is dollar. real close. <laughs> it, is, it is awkwardly close to the three point eight million dollar home on the lake. So, so you've moved into a, a decent neighborhood with some upside. Yeah this this house even had competition. It started at one seventy five, and with competition, sold for one seventy seven. A former rental listed by Madison Property Management probably. You know, th- there are several, and you even mentioned having sold one on that. On, I sold on the one same two st- houses down. And what was the price tag there? Do you remember? Oh my God! Um, it was just a little above two hundred thousand. I want to say two hundred and twelve thousand. Okay, so we talked about that neighborhood in Albion, adjacent Koshkanong, as being one of the most affordable neighborhoods in the county. But what I'm also hearing is that there are pockets of affordability in Madison 
that are very much adjacent some things that people want to be near. There are pockets of locations. There are pockets of seasons. There are all kinds of opportunities for people. I know it seems like it's really difficult in Madison to buy a property right now, but you need to work with a realtor who can strategize with you based on your needs. It took me a second to catch up with you there on pockets of yeah, well, seasons. <laughs> but what, I, th- I think what I'm you're telling... I'm time frames. There, there are very are. specific time frames that you can take advantage of, that you can jump on. And I think now... Right now. ...is one of those times. For those of you thinking about buying and wanting to be in one of those pockets of seasons, um, (laughs) this is the season. In between Thanksgiving and Christmas can really mean significant opportunity and less competition. I've helped a lot of people who could not purchase a property between February and basically like July. We have strategized, okay, maybe re-sign that lease. We're going to be looking between... You know, Thanksgiving and New Year's. And then once we get that accepted offer, we will strategize when to set the closing. And then we will figure out how long you have to sublet your place. You know, I mean, it really is all about strategizing timing and location. So it's location, location. Timing. Timing. (laughs) All right. So 482 square feet on the low end. Tell me about the biggest. This is and this is bigger than last year. This is pretty big. This is this is a huge fucking this house. Is indoor basketball court, big. This is almost fourteen thousand square feet. That is <laughs> in Verona. <laughs> ten ten times the size <laughs> of my home on East Main Street. Tell us about what other what other kind of amenities well, might we find in those fourteen thousand square feet? Well, we've got seven bedrooms, five full baths, two half baths. 15 acres, six garage stalls. <laughs> um, there is a heated and cooled regulation-sized gymnasium with a viewing balcony. <laughs> and ta- there's like a, like a bar. Like it's not just a viewing balcony, but it was like a like a full-on wet bar to watch. I don't know who who I don't know who you're watching. Do you have your own it, team at this point? Like, if you it, own a thirteen, you, like you can't be in, but you can't be in both places. So you're probably watching someone else. Like, do you have a lot of kids? Is this like a Brady Bunch house? Like, did two families marry and there's a bunch of kids? They have their own team. I mean, one would hope. What was this? What was the sales price on this? Because again, we talk about the. You might think that the biggest is the most expensive, or you might think that the smallest is the least, but that is again not the case. This one sold for nine hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. Nine less less than a million dollars for the biggest house. Yeah, I mean it's it was listed at one point two, was on the market for fifty-two days, no competition. I'm going to ask for the notes here because there was a couple there was a couple things that I felt stood out about that about the biggest house the. Uh, the most expensive house on Lake Mendota at 7,500 square feet, so half the size, was number six. Interesting. Size-wise. Yeah, well, the same person that wants to live on the lake is not the same person that wants to live in Verona. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you, can't, you cannot see the lake from your viewing balcony in Verona. <laughs> and then we've, we've talked a little bit. So there we go. The, the smallest, 482. The largest, almost 14,000 square feet. 
but also not the most expensive home. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, the tiny house that I purchased on La Follette, and I've, I've been kind of keeping an eye as to where does that one fit in, because I felt it may have been a contender for smallest. It's 682 square feet, but it but look, it is literally 50% larger than the smallest home to sell last year. What'd you buy that for? It was $170,000, so it was less expensive, mm-hmm. less expensive than the tiniest house. Mm-hmm. So that made me feel good. Also, but it was in also a horrible, in a, horrible state. It's a, it's in a horrible state. It's coming along. It's doing great. You can see the train tracks from it, but it is not. Can you see like between houses, or what do you look at? I think you, you can, can't see them. Okay, you can hear them. You, you can, can hear them. You can hear the train go by. So the, it has those things in common. Uh, it was the at at eight hundred or at seven eight. What did I say? Six eighty two. It was the 21st smallest house. So there were, there were 20 other smaller homes to sell. But here, and this is a little braggy, but I'm, I'm still very proud. And this house is going to be beautiful. It was the second cheapest house to sell in Madison. Wow. In the entire year. Keep an eye on the Instagram. I'm sure that when uh, when that project uh, reaches its uh, its its end, there will be a lot of uh, a lot of great pictures. I also just finished the uh, remodel of the Monona home that I purchased uh, to establish residency, so my daughter could go to uh, Monona Grove. So that home is is coming to an end, and this one on La Follette will be uh, done soon. And there's been a lot of before pictures on the Instagram, but we're going to start to see some. Does this guy actually do decent work? You'll never know because Instagram is a lie. We still don't know. <laughs> but there will be some some fun after pictures uh, of both of those projects here in the coming months. You may follow uh, Real Estate in the 608 on Instagram. You may find those links at in the 608com or you can search it on search it on your phone or whatever whatever you young people do. He's but very that, old, you guys. That's He's it. so that's old. The, that's the <laughs> smallest. And the biggest home in Dane County. And a little recap on what happened on La Follette. It's probably great. At the, at the time that I'm wrapping up these two projects or I can see the end of the tunnel there, it's a great time to think about all of our, our uh, blessings, if you will, and all the things we've been able to achieve. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, listening and some of the presentation of, of this information over the course of the year. Uh, Asher, I've enjoyed your joining us, uh, bringing a... Uh, yeah, what are you about to say? <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're, you're fun and fresh, and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 50, you know? You're, you're like, a, like the... I'm approaching... 36. 36. That's like a 15-year like generational gap. You can teach us about things like, like the World Wide Web and Instagram and hashtag, mm-hmm. hashtags. Asher presented to the team a, uh, a training session on hashtags years ago. I still use a lot of those skills today. Did I? <laughs> Don't you remember that? One? That was like a Was that te- like team, six years ago? I was team. like, you guys should think about hashtags. We should think about <laughs> ever since then. And Asher's presentation, I have been thinking about hashtags a lot. Wow. I had such an impact. 
What uh, have, have you have you been enjoying yourself here? I'm having so much fun. I'm happy to be doing a lot more with the show. Ben even lets me get a word in here and then. It is very hard. I don't know if anyone out there can tell. I think <laughs> I think Adam, whom we are also thankful for, edits everything together in such a way that, that it he se- cuts you off every that, now and then. <laughs> and he can he can press pause on me and make sure that you are heard. Okay. <laughs> So thank you so much uh, for listening. It's our 2023 year in review. Uh, The highs, the lows. uh, One of my highs is definitely being able to do this. And you're inviting us into your ears each month as we recap the the fun that, that Asher and I are having in Madison Real Estate. Yeah. And we would also like to hear from you. If you have any topics you would like us to cover, anything you really want to learn about, please reach out. Because eventually then we could put it in the search bar at in the 608.com and, and your your episode idea would appear. Yeah. So we'd love to and the reviews. Love that. We started the year and I was like, hey, if you leave <laughs> us a review, I'll give you this really nice real estate in the 608 coffee mug. And uh, we got one review. We got we got a couple, one or two. Uh, but I will tell you that those uh, those real estate in the 608 mugs do uh, fit in stockings. So there might be a lot of those this year. Uh, so if for... you leave a review between now and Sunday, Ben will deliver you a mug. <laughs> Down the chimney. Uh, and you'll Wait, find this it episode your... isn't even coming out till after Christmas. It'll be here for Christmas. I think it'll be just in time. So Oh, everyone's Christmas dreams are coming true. <laughs> so thank you and and have a have a great 2023 or 20 or next year. New happy happy <laughs> new year. Even know what year it is. Happy New Year. Have a great 2024. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh bells, schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. These are a few of my favorite things. Dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things. And then I don't feel so. Good.